Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Mosier continue their discussion on the small cult articles, looking at an article talking about baptism. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. It is afternoon coffee time. Afternoon with, uh, coffee time. That's right. <laughs> there we go. Thank to, you, uh, listener yeah. Daniel from Oklahoma, right. who uh, wanted me to insert my Twitter shtick yes. yeah, into the it, episode. For those that aren't aware, uh, if you're on Twitter, by the way, follow Jason on Twitter. He's a good follow. Uh, <laughs> I am not on Twitter yeah. or X or whatever. I do know it's called that now. Which is why you're better than all of us. But yes. you're, no, no. Yes. All that to say is you're not enough of a pull to get me back on. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't even be enough of a pull to follow <laughs> so yeah, we, we we've had some listener interaction, so we wanted to get Daniel uh, his due. Also, yeah. listener Andy from Rapid City uh, <laughs> listener wrote into Andy. the show wrote into the show saying my uh, impersonation of Eddie Vedder in Pearl Jam was the best thing he's ever heard on the radio. <laughs> I didn't I sing that? No, I was doing it because I did the hurdy 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 you know like yes. yeah, if yeah. Uh, if How the offensive. Swedish chef if the Swedish chef was doing an impersonation of Eddie Vedder and yes. he said he was going to church at the time yeah. I don't what a horrible way to start a Sunday you <laughs> but know? he did say all the way during his sermon he had Pearl Jam stuck in his head. <laughs> oh so that's our friend Andy uh, from yes. Rapid City yeah and I should say. You know, and I and I'm kind of the one in charge, air quotes of of our being Lutheran social media. Yeah, you're the socials. Uh, I haven't really been doing anything. No, there, you've been really so, slacking. Yeah, and uh, for those that are wondering, we we still do exist because you're listening, but not because we don't exist because we're posting stuff on. Social. They believe it's yeah. kind of like Elf. Yeah, where if you believe enough, Santa can fly the sleigh. Yeah, if they listen enough, <laughs> we can exist. Oh, Otherwise, you said we cease to be. Uh, you said Elf, yeah. not Elf. Elf. I My do, brain totally went in a different direction. I like that, that show oh, too. Yeah. I miss Elf. Whatever happened to that show? Is the eighties happened to that show? Okay, yeah. fair enough. Again. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we better start talking about uh, baptism. Yes. Yeah, because, you know, uh, yeah, today as we continue to walk through the small called articles, there is a section about baptism, which I is, am so excited. is great. Yeah, and I and I asked Jason before we started recording if, you, if he ever gets tired of talking about baptism. He said no. Adam, do you ever get tired of talking about baptism? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I pause because usually it, my my experience with baptism is usually some sort of accusation. That yeah. uh, I I was uh, serving at this. It was called it's called the Marie Sandvik Center in Minneapolis. Those of you around here probably are familiar with it. Organization helping you know some disadvantaged individuals and whatnot. And and I was helping at this. And I talked to a Christian uh, girl from another college. This was back when I was in college different college. And she's like, you're Luther. You don't like baptize babies, do you? I mean, it was instant hostility. And I was like, um, uh, let's, let's start with just baptism in general. And uh, she, there was no time for me. So I was, uh, I, 
was immediately cast out of the kingdom of heaven. And so I'm always a little on edge with baptism, not because at all that I disagree. And I actually think when you actually, when people are willing to listen and have the conversation, I think that the Lutheran view of baptism would make a whole lot of sense to people if they actually sat and listened. But the whole idea is that I think some who would not agree with the Lutheran view of baptism, more of what we could call a believer's Baptist or uh, credo credo Baptist Baptist, uh, for the fancy word there. Um, The credo Baptists would think that we have a second way of salvation. And that is not at all what the Lutheran view of baptism is. And we'll get into all that. Mm-hmm. But yep. I just, when I, when I hear that, so you ask, do I ever get tired of talking about it? I, sometimes I get tired of being attacked on it. That, maybe that's what I'm feeling. Uh, yeah. Just uh, in the conversations that, that I've had, it's, it's always like you say, and, and even if they're trying to understand, they're just, they just have a really hard time with it. And, and I think you said, Jason, that some of our episodes on baptism are some of the most downloaded. Nope. It's um, the third or fourth most listened to episode in podcast after, like, history. The first after one. Episode yeah. one, two, and three, and yeah. then baptism. Right. Our podcast right. history, our po- not yeah. no, ever. The, all of podcasts. Right. Shut down the internet. It's kinda. like the Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey podcast, and then us. Wow. <laughs> on <Awesome>. baptism. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, you know, after you listen to today's episode, if you want to go back, it's episodes 101 through 116. I cannot believe uh, we did a 16-episode yeah, 16 series episodes. on baptism. Yes. Uh, so there you go. There you have and it. And did All you right. find that we also did four in the Augsburg Confession? You should find oh, those, too. Oh, yeah, good yeah, point. So we can yeah. reference. But So, yeah, this is like our 21st episode officially. Yeah, yeah. 21st episode. <laughs> 320 episodes in... Uh, on baptism. Yeah. So what do we talk more about, baptism or vocation? Vocation, okay. but only tangentially. <laughs> Got it, yeah. All right, well, let's let's jump into it here, guys. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and read. Um, this is uh, 3.5. Yep, small called right? 3.5. Yeah, small called 3.5 uh, on baptism. And it's not super long, so I'll just go ahead and read, read it all for us here. Uh, it says, Baptism is nothing else than the Word of God in water, commanded by the institution of Christ, or as Paul says, the washing of water with the Word. Or again, as Augustine... Augustine, for both, (laughs) puts it. (laughs) You are such a politician. Uh, As that guy puts it, the word is added to the element and it becomes a sacrament. Therefore, we do not agree with Thomas and the Dominicans who forget the word, God's institution, and say that God has joined to the water a spiritual power which, through the water, washes away sin. Nor do we agree with the SCOTUS and... Am I saying that right? SCOTUS. SCOTUS, yep. not, not Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But spelled the same Just Spelled way. the yeah. same, yeah. yeah. Yep. Nor, nor do we agree with SCOTUS and the Franciscans who teach that baptism washes away sin through the assistance of the divine will, as if the washing takes place only through God's will and not at all through the word and the water. As for infant baptism, we hold that children should be baptized, for they too are included in the promise of redemption which Christ made, and the church should administer baptism to them. And that's the end of it. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, so, <laughs> a f- number of different directions to go. Um, let's let's start with, um, you know, there's... We want to define baptism, yeah, and and I think that's a good place to start. and And we're going to see there's there's uh, Luther, Paul, and Augustine, Augustine, uh, that we'll walk through. So take us away. Well, it's 
you know, this is really just a, a normal theological exercise is to define the terms. Otherwise, everyone always is going to be talking past each other. Right. And and this is not me being unfair. This is not me being uncharitable. But two views on baptism come down to the school that either baptism is something God does for us or baptism is something that we do yep. either for God or at the command of God. And so it's the focus on the activity. And what what is so great is that Luther does the good work here in this article, in the Small Called Articles, where he defines, he comes up with his definition of baptism, he ties it to Paul's definition of baptism in Scripture, and he even goes to Augustine, Augustine, uh, for the Church Fathers, you know, tradition in, in the early church, and, and they all weave together so nicely. Mm-hmm. And so Luther starts, it's the word, of, the word of God in the water commanded by his institution. And, and uh, in the catechism, it says the word of God comprehended in the water or received in the water, things like that. And, and that's just one of the most succinct, best definitions you can come up with for baptism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and Adam, you were mentioning that you know, people are attacking, and, and and the thing you mentioned is sometimes people say it's it's like we're creating a second way of salvation. Do you think that that is an example of like what Jason just said of just talking past each other of, of having a different definition there? Absolutely, yeah. If we if we come from two different parts of the world, and you define coffee as the black substance that's made by roasting beans that you, you know, whatever. And somebody the nectar else, of God. And somebody, <laughs> somebody comes from, yeah. you know, another part of the world. And to them, coffee means like, um, you know, cattle bile or something like that. <laughs> and, and then we say, I, terrible illustration. Yes. But, but you say, let's go get some coffee. And the one person throws up and the other person starts to salivate, all because we're defining terms differently. And I think that that's what happens in baptism. Yeah. You know, when we come, when, when, when the credo baptism, Baptist, I, and, and I, I don't mean to put uncharitable construction. I, I want to do the best. I've had some good conversations with those who are, so I, I don't think I'm being unfair to that position. But they would define it as something that we do mm-hmm. for God, right? And by the very outset, if I say that baptism is tied with salvation or forgiveness of sins or any of that, by definition, my work becomes forgiveness of sins. A- automatic red flag, and it should be. If that is the definition of baptism, if they are correct, they should be concerned about that because all of a sudden my work is now meriting or or, or achieving or, or receiving or whatever uh, the forgiveness of sins. That's that's called you know gospel or yeah, you know it's, yes. yeah it's not yeah. it's that's, a commingling of yep. so my work you know kind of mm-hmm. combined with God's goodness and here we are that's a problem but when we start to define baptism as Luther does here as something that God does his word not my word attached to the water it becomes an easier conversation I think we have this um, we have uh, you know and I, I use this illustration with some of my uh, students who come from a credo Baptist background, and my goal isn't to to make them believe, you know, because Lutheranism is the best way. My my goal is to show them from Scripture what we're talking about. But I, at the very least, I want them to understand the Lutheran view when they leave. I want them to understand what the Lutherans are actually saying. And one of the things that I say to them is to to my credo Baptist students, "How did you get saved?" And they'll share a story. They'll say, "Well." You know, I was at youth group or I was at this camp or I was in church or, you know, we're doing family devotions. In every case, I said, so all of a sudden you just, boom, you were saved. Well, no, I, you know, I heard this sermon on, you know, uh, Romans, 
you know, chapter eight. And I just, I really, I believe the gospel. I said, oh, okay. Okay. So your pastor saved you then. What? No, well, you're, you just told me your pastor was the one who preached this sermon. So he saved you. You know, he, you know, it's his, it's his, he, and, and they look at me like, what are you talking about? I said, well, the pastor was accident. He wasn't, he wasn't supposed to, you know, he, he's not the salvation. The word was, I said, mm. but, but it came through a means. It came through actually the voice of your pastor. And it's interesting. He did nothing to save you. He didn't die on the cross for your sins. He can't save you. If he was your savior, you would be miserable and um, probably in hell, but that, not probably he would be eventually right? because <laughs> he's a sinner like you, but the word of God is not like yeah. that. Yeah. The word of God is the active force. And so it's, it's God working through means. And so to be able to shift that conversation from the credo Baptist background to say in this, in the same sense, the Lutherans view this act as something that God does. My hand is pastor. I think the most recent um, baptism that I did, I'm not in the, in the parish, but there was a church without a pastor and uh, a friend of mine just had a baby born and I, I baptized their daughter. And, um, it is the water from my hand went onto her head I, purely accidental <laughs> could have used a a shell like they did in, in the in the old days and you well, see I that you're talking about your aim <laughs> 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 that was basketball i'm a whole lot better at baptism jason good okay. the, i could have used a coffee cup praise the lord I, I could have used you know a dixie cup i could have used anything it, it purely accidental my hand didn't do anything my will the parents will none of that it's the promise of god that did the work yeah. and when we when we can frame things in that conversation i, I actually one of my better memories was from a, a student's dad and a good dad comes from a credo Baptist background, very interested in our theology here at the college. And, you know, he didn't want to send his daughter to a place where he was, you know, fundamentally concerned that the, the doctrine is wrong and baptismal, you know, the, the Lutheran view of baptism, baptismal regeneration was offensive and, and, and it should be in that understanding, right? If it is something that we do, but I had this conversation with him He's like, I get, I don't think I changed his mind. I think he's still a credo Baptist, but he understood at least that we are not saying that it's, it's this second way of salvation, Jesus or water. You can pick it's Jesus, Jesus in the or water. a car wash. You yeah. don't get to pick because yes. he gets to pick it, you know, and, and that conversation got this, the student came wonderful student mm -hmm. and you know, very open to hearing this conversation. But I think we have to start things on that ground yeah, because if we don't helpful. start things yeah. there, we're going to be talking past each other. Mm -hmm. But if we can at least define the terms where we have there, water attached to the word simply, I think that's, I think that opens doors to help us to see in the rest of scripture. Okay. In that word, what does it look like? Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get there, but, right. but I'll let yeah. you direct that. Yeah, Brett. And I think that that is so helpful. Thanks, Adam. And, and, and I think the reason why Luther is saying the word connected with, uh, the water is is because of the scripture and because of the the way that uh, those passages, especially the passive nature of baptism, and and so I don't know Jason, do you just refer to those passages in, in scripture where uh, we see the promises of God connected to the the water? Yeah. So there, one of the exercises I do when I've had students question baptism is you know the fundamental question is is this something God does for us? Or is this something we do for God? And and get them get get someone you know in this disagreement where they agree that's the premise. And I think it's a pretty strong premise, right? We're, we're either doing something for God, or God is doing something for us. And then all you do is you walk through the relevant passages yeah. 
and you see what God says in Pull his word. Pull out a concordance and yeah. look at all the verses about you know, baptism. Yeah. And, and in here, uh, Luther goes to a couple passages mm-hmm. that don't specifically mention baptism, but because of our doctrine of baptism, they are you know, naturally included, like Titus 3, which we'll be talking more about, or the end of Ephesians 5 mm-hmm. uh, in the marriage passage. But if you start with passages that just have baptism in it, and then you eliminate passages that are just talking that a baptism happened. Yeah, description of it. Yeah. yeah. Then, then, then you have this march through Scripture, and in the first place you start, it's the Great Commission, which is where Christ institutes baptism. You know, go therefore uh, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and sh- surely I'm with you till the end of the age. Uh, man, I hate trying to remember a Bible verse on the fly where I haven't prepared for it and <laughs> terrified of misquoting it. Yeah. But... What we learn there is that the process of disciple-making involves baptizing. And the first question we ask then, and and it's really wonderful that the Great Commission is the starting point here, because it leaves a little bit of wiggle room, but like, who makes disciples? Do we make the disciples, or does God make the disciples? at his command and institution. So, so we plant that seed. Uh, you can go to Mark 16 after that, although some people don't like going to Mark 16 because it's in the question yeah, right. passages. Yep. And, and so, you know, just for the sake of accelerating the timeline, the next major baptism passage, theologically speaking, is Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, where Peter says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In, in that act, okay, can anything we do earn the forgiveness of sins? No. Can anything we do grant us the gift of the Holy Spirit? And baptism is there. And then Romans 6, 3, and 4, we see baptism connecting us to Christ's death mm-hmm. and resurrection. Yep. Uh, we, Galatians 3, 27, we're clothed in Christ. There's nothing we can do that appropriates Christ's righteousness, that it's by grace alone. And you start to see then that the position of scripture is that baptism is something God does for us. And just because it's foreign to our Western sensibilities of it looks like we're doing something, it looks like the pastor's doing something, what we have to do first is take seriously the way the word talks about it. And then we can kind of reckon based on that, what is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think some of the other words that are uh, in some of those passages, like repent and, and believe, uh, even those things are something that it, it looks on the outside like we're doing something, and, and we are, but it's it's the the Spirit creating uh, faith and, and working in us. Like, faith is a gift itself, too. Yep. Faith is a gift. Repentance is a mm-hmm. gift. It, you know, one of the things that, you know, has come up several times in these conversations that I've had with students or, or people from different traditions is the way a lot of the generic American church, you know, the amount of time they spend talking about faith really makes faith to be intellectual assent to a series of facts or a set of information. And if faith is something we do, if faith is something we're responsible for, then we're saved by works. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and and that becomes a problem, like the the father, you know, and they're uh, trying to cast a demon out of his son, and and it wasn't working, and and uh, you know, do, do you not? Be- I do believe, 
<laughs> Jesus asked, Do, don't you believe? Yeah, yeah, I believe. Help my unbelief. Nope. All of a sudden, if if belief becomes something that I can't, that, that's my responsibility to help or to, to muster or to, to I'm going to be constantly living in the, in the state of a lack of assurance of my salvation. And, and with, with baptism, the way we're describing it, or with salvation, even repentance and belief being something that's a gift from God, it all puts it, it puts the ball all in God's court, and it gives Him all of the glory, and it gives us all of the assurance. Because last I checked, God was pretty good at doing things, <laughs> and last I checked, I'm pretty not. And and so if if my faith was the thing that was the responsibility that I had to muster to get to heaven. I mean, again, I'm going to find myself not in a good place. I'm going to find myself constantly lacking assurance and probably if it's my responsibility and guarantee I'll be in hell. But at the end of the day, when it's Christ's work, whether it's repentance or whether it's faith or whether it's, you know, how, how he's working all of these things in our heart, man, there's a beauty there. There's an absolute beauty and it. And it's not just because it makes us feel good, but it's because it's what the Bible talks about, that God comes and acts on behalf of his people. He is the one who comes. I will come with a vengeance, he says in Isaiah 35, you know, with the recompense of God, I will come and save you. I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff. And this is exactly what God imparts in baptism. All of those things, and it's it's important to know, Jason, you you went kind of through a little bit of a systematic approach to, you know, as, as it talks about the command to baptize, and then we get to Acts 2 and and, and elsewhere in, in Romans 6, Colossians 2 is another yep. one. There's yeah, a yeah. Uh, Titus, a washing of regeneration, using a different word. But the um, Hebrews, uh, you know, talks about the sprinkling as well, you know, of clean water, I think was a reference to baptism. And even our credo Baptist friends would, would um, acknowledge that too. All of those things we have to understand. Uh, Peter, you know, <laughs> baptism, baptism now now saves you. Yep. So, okay, yep. well, save can't mean save here. It has to be. You know, yeah. we do that. But 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 Peter says it, and, and he says the reason it does is not because you know you get a you know it's a car wash. It's because <laughs> at the end of the day, baptism saves you because it's a it's a pledge. In the NIV is a terrible is a terrible translation of that word. It's only used once, but it's related to a word for a polite request. It's more of an appeal. ESV says appeal to God for a clean conscience. So in all of these situations, you know, Peter says it's for the forgiveness of sins, right? Repent, you know, repentance, believe for the forgiveness of sins. He talks about uh, in Romans 6, death and resurrection, death of the old nature, resurrection to new life. Uh, in Colossians, he talks about how it's a circumcision done without hands, which is a reference to the Old Testament salvation language again. Uh, a clean conscience before God is only possible for one whose sins have been removed. We can't do any of those things. All of, the, all of those examples, the washing of regeneration, regeneration, new birth, right? New birth from what? We were dead and we needed to be born again into new life. Everything is salvation language. So when somebody says, well, I don't have any time for baptismal regeneration. Well, (laughs) okay. But that's exactly what the text is saying. And I have yet to have a persuasive argument that that I've I've heard and I've I've sought this. It's not that I'm, it's it's not you know the confirmation bias you know kind of thing. It's not like or, or what's the other one? Experiential accommodation. Yeah. It's not like I'm trying to fight this off that I don't like. I've honestly sought this. I want to know from the Credo Baptist side how all of these things fit together. I've read some good things you know, that I think that are the most articulate. And and one of the things you know, it's not water baptism. 
where do you get that idea? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pa- pa- long pause. Where do you come up with, you know, and they, they have this like, well, it's a spiritual baptism. Well, yeah, but it's attached with water, which is exactly, if you want to go to Acts and say that that's prescriptive and not descriptive, all the people who were getting baptized, they were doing that not not because, you know, just for fun. They were doing it as a command of God that this was baptism and it was attached with water. Philip and the eunuch, uh, Acts chapter 8 or whatever. You know, go to, there's water present. God is doing something with his word in water. And that is the continue, that, that's the continuous and consistent proclamation of the word, uh, yeah. of scripture. And I think it's helpful here just to wrap things up. Where we're going, and and Adam identified the salvation language is really important. Kind of the best Lutheran apologetic for what baptism does and why why it saves is to explain the difference between salvation accomplished and salvation delivered. And we've done that multiple times on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But there is no doubt there is not a single Christian in human history who would question that Jesus won our salvation on the cross, in history, 2,000 some odd years ago, uh, on a hill outside of Jerusalem. But the reality is, is that that event didn't save in the way we want to attribute salvation. Because we know people who were at that event who likely weren't saved. You know, I, I have a friend who's described, they may have even been splattered by the blood of Christ and not saved because Jesus Christ on the cross and Jesus Christ emerging from the empty tomb accomplished salvation. But that salvation, that good news still needs to be proclaimed and received and applied. And that's the role of the word of God. And that's the role of the word of God with the water is that the, the preaching of the word and the application of the word in the sacraments is what delivers the salvation. Mm-hmm. And that makes for a good tension and a good way of explaining how baptism functions. Yep. Amen. Well, uh, thanks, listener. Tune in next time. We'll continue on in our discussion on baptism. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Starting fall of 2024, Bible College graduates can earn an associate or bachelor's degree in Bible and ministry. Free Lutheran Bible College students prepare not only for a career, but for all of their God-given vocations. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.